Happy New Year and welcome back to the Fucking Brave Podcast. Whoop, whoop. I'm excited. I'm so excited to be back. It's been a minute. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight, Michaela? I'm drinking a Cosmo that's been stirred. I um, have a cocktail concoction of ginger ale, gin, cranberry juice, and lime. It's delicious. Also, I'm in my underwear. <laughs> I was going to out you, so I'm glad you did. Perks of podcasts, you can record them in your underwear. Sorry, we have been absent for a moment. Uh, we traveled over the holidays to see family and took a hiatus inadvertently. But we're back and stoked. And tonight we are going to talk about asking and receiving. I'm not in the way that you think about it, you dirty bird. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about it like that. You're the dirty bird, usually. (laughs) But what does it take to ask from the people that you love or your community? And what does it take to receive from them? So... What happened this week, Michaela? Kimmy got COVID. Oh, sweet Jesus, I did. I'm just outing everything right now. Yeah, pantsless wonder. <laughs> um, when we as when we traveled for the holidays, we all came down with a cold a couple of days after Christmas, and I was convinced it was COVID. And we tested and retested pretty much everyone with the home tests, and all came back negative over and over and over again. Ever the paranoid person. And when she says that we got a cold, I had a sore throat for 24, maybe 48 hours. And um, I didn't feel good for about 72 hours. I had like congestion and a sore throat. It was longer than that. You were sick for a minute. 72 hours is three days. It was more than that. The day that we came home, I was starting to feel better. But it you was were still maybe sick. like four days. Yeah. And then Lincoln also got sick for like 24 20 hours. 20 minutes. Yeah. So, um, I was convinced it was not COVID. But. Yeah. But, and all the tests were negative. So I scheduled a test here on Island. Um, it was a rapid test. Went in and got it done and it came back positive, which I had told Michaela over and over and over again. We had COVID. Well, and Lincoln, I got tested the next the day. The next day. And, and they were negative so, tests. So I got quarantined in my bedroom. I'm convinced. Myself. Kimmy made it come to fruition. She, like, talked herself into having COVID. Okay, but what does this have to do with asking and receiving? (laughs) I am now locked in my room. Can't talk to my family unless we're socially distanced and masked. And Michaela now has to do everything. On top of that, we had made the choice to um, actually not put Lincoln in school before we found out Kimmy was positive. Because COVID cases on Maui are just skyrocketing and we thought we'll give it a week, let things settle down. So not only did I have to do everything, but when Kimmy says everything, I had to also school Lincoln. I had to be like his teacher. Like we had all of his schoolwork for the week. Yeah. Which was a lot. You had to keep house and make food and keep yourself sane. It was a lot. And... Like, exercise the child. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
it was really hard for me to ask you to do things for me. And it was hard because I felt like such an inconvenience when I wanted something simple like a bowl of fruit and I couldn't go get it for myself. Or cheese on your eggs. Yeah. Michaela served me breakfast the first morning and she had worked so hard on it and it was a scramble with veggies and we've been eating it with green enchilada sauce and it's so delicious, but she didn't put eggs on it. It didn't put cheese on it, on the eggs. And the cheese is my favorite part. I just didn't think about it. It wasn't like... Yeah. And so the next morning she brought me the same thing, which she had then worked longer for because we usually keep the veggies like pre-cooked in the fridge and we can just warm them up and throw an egg in it. Super easy. Highly recommend you do this, by the way. But that morning we had no more veggies, so she had to make veggies. So she'd been in the kitchen for like an hour. She brought me my breakfast and I didn't have cheese on it. So I had to ask her to put cheese on my eggs. And I felt so bad because like you were already doing so much and I didn't want to inconvenience you. And I knew that like what you were bringing to me was a labor of love. And I was looking at it and going, but it needs cheese. (laughs) Pretty shit. It was really hard. It was really hard to ask you for things. Is it hard to ask me for things if the situation is maybe not so skewed? Drastic. No, I feel like you and I have a really good asking and receiving sort of balance in our relationship. I feel kind like it flows. Yeah, I feel like we're both really good about saying, hey, this is a need that I have. Is that something that you can do? Don't you think? Yeah, I would say so. How did it feel to be on the end of those asks? Didn't even phase me. When I'm like, can you bring some fruit? And you were like, yep, that didn't, that you weren't like, ugh. No. And I think what's interesting, cause you know, Lincoln's obviously in this situation as well. Like when you would ask me for something, it was like, oh yeah, of course. And, and even Lincoln started helping. Lincoln started doing things for you. And like, like you had asked for like ice cream one night and he was like, oh, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? So I, I think there was like just a general understanding on both of our parts that you Not that you're not capable, but that you were not capable, you you know, like you weren't allowed. Yeah. Well, and I guess we should add to your listeners that the entire time that I was quarantined, I was asymptomatic, which just makes it worse because I was, I had COVID, but I wasn't sick. Yeah. So I think there was a a general understanding on our part. And it was, it's funny that the cheese example for me is actually holds more weight in my mind than the fruit example, because I felt bad. And I was also a little bit horrified that you, like, hadn't told me the day before. <laughs> you had just, like, toughed it out. Like, I, like, you know, and I and I remember making, uh, sorry, making breakfast. And it was taking so long. And the entire time I was just like, oh, my God, you've got to be starving. Because I know you woke up at least an hour, if not more, before I did. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me an hour to, well, more than, probably almost two hours to, like, get the kitchen to a place where I could make breakfast and then make breakfast and then get you breakfast. And it was just like, it was a tough morning. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess on my end though, like the asks didn't feel like too much or they didn't feel like something that I didn't want to do. Yeah. I was more annoyed when Lincoln would ask me to do things because I'm like, dude, I've done a million things for everybody else today. And you like can get up and get your glass of water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say on my end, like, 
I don't know, I guess it's this just like a smaller ask, like these little day to day things mm-hmm. on my end. It's like there's sort of um we should maybe explain the idea of matripuntos. Oh, oh yeah, matripuntos is the sweetest. It's our sweet friends in Barcelona. Hi, Laura and Yusep. They joke about earning marriage points. And to clarify, we're not married, but we pretty much are. And we they joke about earning these marriage points with each other. Like they do something nice for the other person, and they're like, "I got matripuntos today." And we started to keep a list of matripuntos on the fridge. I get one for scheduling our date. Totally. Mm-hmm. We have a date tomorrow, date night tomorrow. I guess in my mind, there's this like sort of... Uh, Asks uh, that earn you matripuntos are the ones that are mm, hard or... No, it's just like a, it's like a mental uh, scales <laughs> that yeah. I sort of keep track of, right? Like I notice... When I'm like asking and asking and asking and I feel like I haven't done anything for you. Or mm-hmm. I notice when you're asking and asking and asking and I feel like you haven't done anything for me. Like there's sort of this like... Watching the points go on one side or the other. Yeah. Like, oh, I should do something to... So there's moments where it feels really easy for me to ask. And then there's moments where it feels... Like, I've asked you for a million things, and now I really want to ask you if you can get me a glass of water. <laughs> it's a great example. It's, you know, and I'm like, oh, I can't ask you to do that. And that feels hard to ask you to do just, like, one more thing. You're such a Libra. Or I see you, too. You're like your scales. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Or I see that, like, I maybe I've been gone all day, and I know you've been parenting all day. And I come home and I'm in the shower and I, like, need you to grab my hairbrush, which I've left in another room. And I know that you've been, like, parenting all day and getting asked from a tiny human to do things all day. And it feels really hard for me to ask you to then, like, also do something for me when I haven't contributed to your day. So I think... that's a huge assumption that you would make that you haven't contributed to my day because you haven't done something for me. Yeah. That's super curious. I don't know. I guess I just, like, that's such an interesting notion. I guess for me, it's just, like, there's, like, there's, like, a weight behind asking you to do something, and sometimes it feels harder than others. It's not ever, like, yeah, always hard or always easy, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely within us. However, I know for you, there are times where it, there are circumstances where it generally feels hard always to ask. And that is when it comes to big asks mm-hmm. and not necessarily when it comes to you and I. Okay. Before we talk about my hard time, I'm curious to hear, cause we kind of know where I sit on big asks. I'm not actually sure where you sit on big asks. And I know for a while you did it for work. So I don't wonder yeah. if it feels easier because it was your job. Yeah. So when we're talking about big asks, we're talking about things that are significant for people or they're things that would be necessarily out of the ordinary. It wouldn't be an everyday, like, get me a glass of water. Uh, tidbit of background. Used to work as a development officer for the University of Oregon fundraising. Prior to that, worked at the March of Dimes as a community director making big asks for money. I have asked for everywhere from time to $30 to I have made million-dollar asks. Asking people particularly for money or for their time for a bigger cause does not bother me 100%. I'm capable of doing that at the drop of a hat. Having seen you move through the world, I would agree that it's probably not a big deal for you. No, 
Not at all. Which is why I think you have unwittingly gotten shoved into this as well. <laughs> Making big ass. Because yeah. I was like, this is a great idea. It's super easy. Yeah. So your big asks, you've made two of them this year. Mm-hmm. Last year. Sorry. 2021. The, yeah. So I've had two GoFundMes. And the GoFundMes have been really challenging for me. And I would say that the, I, I almost want to say that the second one I felt a little bit resigned to. And the Ooh. the first one was definitely very hard. And and I'll tell you why. So the first one was hard because it's like asking a community. What were you doing these fundraisers for? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the GoFundMes. Um, so I went to France to compete as a bigger kiteboarder. And it's expensive to travel. And a lot of more professional athletes than where I sit do get help from their sponsors. And I'm not in a position where I get any financial aid from my sponsors yet. That's a story for later. Exciting news coming up. Cliffhanger for you all. Um, It's super exciting. We're stoked over here. We will announce it very soon. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Don't get money for travel. And so I asked my community to show up for me. And sponsor me with financial aid. Um, And then I also was supposed to go to Cape Town in December. And I ran another GoFundMe for that. Again, asking for financial aid. Uh, And then Cape Town didn't work out because COVID and Omicron and all those things. But I had to make... I didn't have to. I I made those two big asks of my community. Um, And they were wildly successful. Yeah, they were. Both of them. In the total, first one more so, for sure. Yeah, but in total, you've raised probably over $6,000, close to $7,000. Closer to seven, I think, yeah. That's no joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the first one was really hard for me because it's hard for me to, like, I, I feel like I'm somebody who's typically very much relied on myself, at least financially, or my family. And so to ask, like, outside of my pod was really hard for me. Um, and I feel like there was also some way I felt that if I do ask my community, then I'm held to a standard or not a standard, but I'm, I have like people that I have to represent and do something for because they've like helped me get there, which ended up being very sweet. And I actually really enjoyed that in France Yeah, that I was like riding for a purpose that was bigger than just me. But I think that the, uh, the reason I use the word resign to the second one was that I was asked to make the ask. You were. And by multiple people. Multiple people from completely different walks of life who were like, please give us this opportunity to support you again. And I think that that it was almost easier because I knew that there were people who were already going to support the cause. Right. Um, and I felt just kind of resigned to the process and it was definitely easier and practice makes perfect. I mean, you did it as a job and it's easy for you now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but I think too, for me, like just big asks in general, like, like looking outside of just a financial GoFundMe, you know, like asking people to where where you talk about time or Mm -hmm. even food. Like I think about when. I had my appendectomy. Like, I can't imagine having asked our community to, like, bring us meals to help us get through that time. You know, and I remember being horrified that we had to, like, ask our community to help 
Lincoln um, get to school and make it to his Christmas party. Yeah, to just help Lincoln like continue his life while I was in the hospital and you were with me. I mean, and, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, big asks are definitely really. I I wouldn't necessarily call them so much big asks as for you. I'm just gonna make this statement, and you can do with it what you will. I would go back to something that you've said previously, which is making a request outside of your pod. Mm-hmm. You're very close, intimate circle of people. But the minute that you have to ask something of someone who's like one, two, three, four layers removed, it feels imposing. It feels maybe pretentious. What does it feel? Mm. <laughs> Misplaced? Unearned. Okay, I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have a word for it. So I'm gonna give an example for it. Sure. It feels like, and I'm gonna use the GoFundMe as, as an example. Why would somebody give me money to go compete at a kiteboarding competition as a kiter who's like probably not gonna win? Not that I didn't have like a, a decent shot at podiuming, but he's probably not gonna win. Versus all these other people on GoFundMe who are like hospitalized or have diseases or medical bills or all of these, like my like my reason isn't. Do you want to know why bad enough? I don't. Oh, you you want to know what I think? Please enlighten me. Connection. Yeah. People give because they want to feel at least particularly when you're talking about the money situation with your GoFundMes to compete, they want to feel connected to something. I think very specifically about your donor in Poland. Mm. We've never met this person, just random individual who came from who knows where. And yeah, I don't even know. How we know he that he has it. a daughter who he wanted to have women that he could look, that she could look up to. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons that he participated because there's this element of connection. Well, and I think that that's why people show up. It's interesting because I think that you take that point and you boil it down to smaller asks. Well, and then that's, I think, why it gets scary when you know that the scales are a bit uneven to make an ask because you worry that you're going to disrupt connection. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting because the connection piece feels like it falls more on the side of who is like fulfilling the ask. Absolutely, I think like that you, it's hard to make the ask to add cheese to your to your eggs. But for me, I'm like, you wish I would have made it the first day. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I would love to do this thing for you because there's that connection. You're locked in your room and I miss you. Like, <laughs> of course I'll get you the cheese. <laughs> Lincoln asking me to fill his water glass. Well. Dude, you've, like, we've been together for how many hours now? Like, I don't need the connection. <laughs> you know, and I love him. It, it's not, I, but that's really interesting that you have, like, pinpointed connection because I, I think you're right. I think that's why we exist as people. Not why we exist, but it's a part of us as existing as people and that we live for that piece of connection and that I, I think that asking boils down to trust well, okay, I shouldn't say I think. I wonder if asking doesn't boil down to trust that I can be vulnerable to you for something that I need and trust that you are going to show up and connect with me 
and fulfill that need. And that's really fucking scary. Like, whoa, it's so brave. Yeah. Through and through. For a million dollars or for cheese? And not even just the asking for the thing, but then also the receiving. Yeah. Because that's part of asking is also then receiving. I, I had to be vulnerable and receive. Yeah. And when people said, we want to give to you, you had to take a deep breath and say, okay, I'll do it again. Yeah. I had to be willing to receive. Like the asking at that point felt like nothing to ask the second time around for my yeah. GoFundMe. But the harder part was the was the be- willingness to receive. Well, and that was definitely with the cheese. Where like you had done so much shit all morning long and you brought me this beautiful bowl of food and I had to look at you and go, it's not right. Can I please have some cheese? And then I had to sit there uncomfortably while you went and got the cheese and I'm like, fuck, I'm making Michaela's morning harder because I needed cheese. Yeah, you had to be willing to receive Receive it it, too. Right. And not feel bad about it and just be like, thank you for taking care of me. Yeah. This is super curious. This is. I think asking and receiving is a lesson that I'm very much moving through in my life right now. I think it's a perma lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. So how, if anyone's interested in reaching out to us, um, we got some very sweet voice messages from friends recently about our podcast from time to time. So reach out to us on whatever social media channel you connect with us on. And if you somehow have stumbled upon this without knowing us, I'm really sorry, (laughs) but welcome. And you can find um, us on Instagram at milkpilk or at Kimia's. We love you guys. Stay wild. I said it first. Be brave in your asking and receiving. I love you all. Yeah, I think that's all we have tonight. Be, be fucking brave, my loves. And stay wild. Hey, everyone. I know this episode is over, but I did just want to give you a little plug for a book. If you're interested in learning more about asking and receiving, I highly recommend the book, The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. It's a book that both Michaela and I have listened to, and it has deeply transformed, I think, the way that we think about and move through asking and receiving. Um, Go check it out.